Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. We give you praise. We thank you, Father, that you have declared and we receive it. These are days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. And we are determined it will be no other way but as you have proclaimed. We receive it in the name of Jesus. And we give you praise for it. Come on, give the Lord your best praise right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, as we were singing, uh, I was impressed to the Lord to ask every head of a family to come up here real quickly. Every head of a family to come up here very quickly. You remember, God once said to the prophet, speak to these dry bones and command them to come alive. And the Lord said to me, speak over the heads of these families and command them to prosper. Command their finances to come alive in the name of Jesus. So you lift your hands right now. As I say and as I speak that prophetic word over you, Father, in the name of Jesus, in obedience to your command, I speak over every head of a family that is represented right here, right now. I include all of those that are watching by way of internet, live stream, those that are faithful followers of this ministry. I speak prophetically over them and I command their finances to come alive. I command prosperity to come into their lives. I command the wicked one, the evil one who is a thief to take his hands off of God's men. Take his hands off of God's leaders. Take his hands off of these men who represent the heads of their families. And Satan, we we adjure you Stay out of their finances. Stay out of their affairs. Stay out of their businesses. Stay out of their their operations and their work. And in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. This year, they will see prosperity beyond what they've ever experienced before. In the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a shout if you receive it. Amen. Shout, I receive it. Give somebody a high five and go back to your seat. Praise God. Amen. You receive it. Praise God. Amen. Receive it. Hallelujah. Well, I look forward to the testimonies. Praise God. Glory to God. Good morning, everybody. We welcome not only those that are in attendance in the auditorium this morning, but all of those, once again, who are watching. You know, when I'm out of town, a lot of times I'm on a different time zone than you guys, like I was in Kenya two weeks ago, and uh, Kenya is about, oh, eight hours ahead, so I get to watch Justin preach before I go preach. (laughs) I get to watch how you act in church. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I get to see my wife sitting over there, praise God. I'm waving at you and you don't wave back. And, uh, and then I was in uh, the UK after leaving Kenya, and that's six hours ahead, I believe. So I got to watch Justin preach again and, and Annette preach, praise God. Amen. I'm following you guys. I may be the worst attending church member, but I'm following you guys. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. So thank God for the internet. Thank God for live stream. People are watching. In fact, people tell me all over the world that they're watching. Praise God. Whether they log on or let us know about it or not, they're watching. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles with you this morning. Hold it up. Let me see it. 
Okay, great. That's an iPhone. <laughs> Phil, this is leather. <laughs> this is what Bibles are supposed to be, leather. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 3 this morning. Acts chapter 3. Man, I've been ready to preach to you for days now. <clears throat> Acts chapter 3, and I want to begin reading in verse 24. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Notice Peter says that from Samuel all the way forward, they foretold of these days, talking about the day in which Peter lived. And we're talking about just shortly after the day of Pentecost. Amen. And it says that they foretold about those days. In other words, they saw in the spirit realm the future. God gave them some insight into what was going to take place. And Peter is telling them that this was seen way back a long time ago. And you're living it today. And then it says, verse 25, you are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in your seed or thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now this goes all the way back to Abraham. That's a long, long time before Peter stood up and said this. So God was speaking to Abraham, not only about his day and about his life, but he was also telling him about things that would come way off into the future. God's word is amazing. The accuracy of God's word. Hallelujah. That, that God knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. Nothing surprises him. Nothing catches him off guard. Amen. And, and the beautiful thing is, he's given us his word so that we could know what's in the making. Amen. What he has on his agenda. The prophetic word is so powerful and it shouldn't be taken lightly. So let me just read from my notes here because I don't want to overlook any of this because it is very important. Praise God. So Peter is declaring that the prophets of old saw into the future and spoke prophetically of these days, their day. They prophesied that there would come an extraordinary new race of people. They would be called new creations as spoken of by the apostle Paul in his writings in the book of Corinthians. They would also become a supernatural community. They would be Christ-like, full of the Holy Ghost and power. Peter later referred to them as a holy nation and a royal priesthood in 1 Peter 2.9. Here in the book of Acts, Peter points out that these people who the prophet were the people in whom the prophets were speaking about. The New American Standard Bible says, It is you who are the sons of the prophets. And now, the Bible calls us the offspring. And we too are part of this supernatural race. Verse 26, look at it. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, and so forth. Notice the word first. That means there were more to come. It didn't end with them, praise God. They were first in whom this prophetic word was fulfilled. But there were more to come. You and I are in that group, praise God. We were the more to come. Can you say amen? amen? And notice here, God promised through the prophetic word that we would become the new creations that he was speaking about, this new supernatural community, and that he would send his son to bless us. How many of you have received the Son? 
Then look at your neighbor and say, and I'm blessed as well. Say, I'm not going to be blessed. I am blessed. Say it, say it, say it with some boldness. I am blessed. Hallelujah. Can you give the Lord a shout over that? Now, we too are the fulfillment of what those prophets spoke. And it still works the same way today. When God moves on someone with a prophetic word, a glimpse into the future, if we'll hold fast to it, then once again, I didn't make this statement, but I'll say it now and then I'll say it again. Those prophetic words become our world. Those prophetic words become our world. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Making the prophetic word your world. Hallelujah. The world you live in. It was words that were spoken long before you and I were ever conceived in our mother's womb. Hallelujah. Just think about that. God saw us before we were ever conceived. God had us in mind before we were ever born. And he already had made plans for how we would live our lives. Hallelujah. And those prophetic words that he, he gave prophets of old to speak into the atmosphere so that he could bring them to pass. Because he says, uh, nothing happens except first it's revealed to the prophets. Amen. And so the prophets, being the voice piece, or the mouthpiece of God, they would speak those words into the atmosphere. And then the angels, along with the Holy Spirit, would go to work making them come to pass. Sometimes they came to pass immediately. Sometimes they came to pass in a matter of days, weeks, or months. Sometimes it was centuries before they would come to pass. But God never forgot one word. He never forgot one word that he had spoken through the prophets. And he fully intended to bring every word to pass. Can you say amen? amen. I heard someone say recently, I think it was John Hagee, that there's more prophetic word being fulfilled today than ever in the history of the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on. Just think. We're the generation that God saved last. And the best is yet to come. Can you say amen? amen? Look at your neighbor and say, are you, are you causing the prophetic word, the prophetic word to, become your world? to become your world? Amen. Now, once again, he says that these words that were spoken concerning these days, he said to those people, you're the people that he was seeing in the spirit realm and it would happen too. First. Say first. first. So it didn't end with them. Praise God. We're in there. Glory to God. Just think of all the generations that have passed since the day of Pentecost when Peter preached this. Just think of all the thousands and thousands of people that have come and gone. And now our generation. And I have reason to believe we're the generation that will usher in King Jesus. Hallelujah. I fully, I fully expect to be alive at his appearing. Like Jesse the planter said, I'd be shocked if I died before he came. <laughs> Amen. Now, I want to remind you that, and I say this with all the humility that I have, I want to say this, that many years ago, beginning in about 1990, the Lord spoke through three different, very powerfully anointed men of God into my life. Number one was Brother Copeland. And he said, God is adding to your ministry today. And this happened in the Believers Convention in Fort Worth, Texas, many years ago. He, he just introduced me to preach. And then he walked off the stage and he came back on. He said, Jerry, the word of the Lord's come to me. And he said, today you will have this office added to your ministry. 
the office of a seer. You will see into the spirit realm concerning the future and things to come. And then God will hold you responsible for sharing them with the body of Christ everywhere you go. And then shortly after that, I was in uh, California in a meeting with, with Kenneth Hagin. And when I walked through the door, Brother Hagin stood up and said, Brother Jerry, the Lord told me you would be here, and, and he has a word for you. Come up here. And I come, came up to the platform, and he said uh, basically the same thing. Just a little bit different wording, but basically the same thing. And then he said, and it's time for you to move in, move up, and move out in this. And so shortly after that, actually the following year, but just a few months after Brother Hagin had said that, Oral Roberts was in a meeting where I was speaking in Anaheim, California. He had called me earlier that afternoon and wanted to know when I was speaking. I said, I'm speaking tonight. He said, when, well, uh, save seats for Evelyn and I to sit next to Carolyn because we want to come and hear you preach. And so he came that night. And afterwards, he said, uh, I'm going to write you a letter uh, next week. You'll get it in the mail next week. He wrote me about a four-page handwritten letter. And in that, he said, Today, I saw you speak prophetically, and I encourage you to continue to be obedient to God and pre preach and speak prophetically every time you preach. So my three primary mentors all saw the same thing. Now, Brother Robert said that in 1992. The other gentleman said that in 1991. And so from that time, the Lord has been using me that way. That's not anything I asked for. I didn't, I didn't say, Lord, let me be a prophet. I'm happy doing what I was doing. And, and as Brother Copeland said, he's adding this to your ministry. And so from that time, I began to see into the spirit realm beyond what I'd ever been able to see before. And I began to speak prophetically. And, and there are people all over the world now and once again, I say this just as humbly as I can. They eagerly await what I have to say about the coming new year. Yes. And many churches, in fact, in Kenya, they've got the same thing. Show us your glory. Days of flourishing, days of abounding, days of... Churches all over Europe put up signs with that prophetic word. Churches all over America put up that prophetic word that they eagerly await to hear me say each and every year. Amen. Amen. So I'm saying that to let you know that I don't, I don't sit around and make up stuff. <laughs> Amen. I have a, I have a reputable ministry. 49 years I have been in the ministry. And if there's any one word that I hear more people use to describe my ministry, it's integrity. Amen. So I, I got better sense than to just make up something. Come on, man. I, don't, I don't play with words. I don't try to come up with some words that will, you know, thrill you and inspire you and, and make you think I'm something that I'm not. I wouldn't have a thing to say if it wasn't for God. I proved that before I went in the ministry. You, you never heard of me before I went in the ministry, did you? You never heard a word I said before I went into the ministry. And you certainly didn't record it and listen to it again. Amen. Amen. So I give all the, all the glory to God. But in, in, in what I'm saying is, God has used me to speak prophetically about these days and the days to come. Can you say amen? amen. The prophets, Peter said, saw into the future... And they envisioned the world through God's eyes. That's what the prophetic word is all about. It's God letting us know what his desire is for our lives. It's also so that we can develop a vision for it. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. you well know. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The New International Version says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And the word restraint here refers to lack of discipline or lack of commitment, apathy. In other words, when people don't have a vision, then they, they don't feel uh, an obligation to fight for 
what God has promised. They, they have no motivation to push for it, to stand for it. If you don't, if you don't, well, the message translation says it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, then, then they won't fight for it. Amen. If, if you can't see where God intends to take you, then you won't have the drive to get up every morning and, and withstand the devil and withstand opposition and withstand uh, adversity. You won't be willing to do that if you can't see where God wants to take you. That's what the prophetic word is about. That's what vision is about. That's what days of glory, days of a flourishing and days of abounding is about. Amen. Don't take that lightly. Hang on to it. That's God's plan. Look at it as the same way that Peter looked at the, the prophetic word from Samuel to that present time. He said, these men saw your days and you are now living what they saw. Their words have become your world. God wants days of glory, days of flourishing and days of abounding to become your world. Hallelujah. You could say it this way. If you can't see what God's desires for your life, then you won't be willing to fight for it. Amen. How many of you willing to fight for what God says is yours? Amen. That's why at the beginning of each year, I spend, uh, I spend time uh, in preparation and uh, listening to the Spirit of God. Usually about October of every year, I set some time aside to, to specifically hear what God has to say about the coming new year. And then once I hear it, then I run with it. Praise God. I begin decreeing it myself from that moment. I begin expecting it to come to pass. Not only that, but you're usually some of the first people that I share it with. And then I, I speak about it everywhere I go, all over the world. I've been in many nations since the first of this year, and I got many nations to continue to go to before the end of the year. And I have preached it in every service, everywhere I have been since the beginning of this year. People all over the world are now saying, show me your glory. Lord, show me your glory. Hallelujah. Show me your glory. Say it with me. Lord, show me your glory. Hallelujah. Amen. So I stand before this congregation each year and other congregations, wherever the Lord sends me and speak that prophetic word. And I encourage everyone that I shared with to hold fast to it, to decree it every day and to pursue it with everything that is in them. Amen. And why is that? So those words will become your world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just think about days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. Not just something that's printed on a bulletin and not just something that's printed on the screen. But actually it describes the world you live in. Whether it describes the world that everybody else lives in or not, it describes your world. That's what God wants to happen. Can you say amen? amen. Say days of glory. Days of flourishing. Days of abounding. That's the world I live in. Give the Lord a good shout. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, once again, you remember the Holy Spirit telling me uh, to tell you to keep these words on your lips and in your prayers every day, Lord, show me your glory. Why is that? Because he wants those words to become your world. Hallelujah. And we've discovered that the glory of God is the manifestation of God's presence, God's power, and God's goodness. And when you're experiencing God's presence, God's power, and God's goodness, then you will also experience flourishing and abounding. Can you say amen? So is it clear to you that you have a part to play? Yes. That was weak. Is it clear to you that you have a part to play? Yes. Amen. Thank you. That was better. How many of you truly want these words to become your world? Yes. Amen. Yes. 
Now, if you're apathetic, if you're indifferent, or if you show little interest in what God has said, then it's not likely that you'll see it come to pass. On the other hand, if what God says stirs your faith, challenges you, and creates a sense of urgency in you, then praise God, get ready, it will come to pass. It should arouse you to action. It should cause you to become more fervent in spirit, more determined. Hallelujah. Don't let it slip. Carolyn said to me not too long ago, she said, you know, you, 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 I've heard you say over and over about get up every day declaring that, uh, uh, Lord, show me your glory. And she said, you know, I realized that a few days had gone by and I hadn't done that. Well, you know, she's not the only one. I'm not the only one. And you're not the only one. Sometimes you let it slip. That's the reason I have it printed for all the staff. And, and we put it on the, on the screens. And, and so that it helps to be a reminder to you. Amen. If nothing else, you ought to write it on an index card and put it on your mirror. Every time you go in there to, to get yourself ready, you see it and you decree it, praise God. Amen. Put one on the dash of your automobile while you're driving. You look down at that and see it and decree it. Amen. Write the vision. Make it plain. Amen. So when you see it, you can run with it, praise God. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Go there with me very quickly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's look at verse 19. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Or prophecy. Despise not prophecy. Quench not the spirit. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Well, is days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding? Does that sound like something that's good? <laughs> then the Bible says, hold fast to that which is good. The New International Version says it this way. Do not put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's fired up about this. How about you? Look at your neighbors. I'm all fired up. Hallelujah. As Joe McCroskey says, the Henrietta phrase is, I'm all fired up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Do not put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Listen to this. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. And that means lack of respect. Test everything. See if it lines up with God's word. And then hold on to that which is good. So do not put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt or lack of respect. If it lines up with the word of God, then hold fast to it. Does days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding line up with the word of God? I don't have time to show you everywhere it talks about that. But praise God, it is something that God has prophetically declared will happen before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The faithful shall flourish. Amen. The faithful shall abound. And praise God, the, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. So these are all prophetic words that God has spoken to us. So it does line up with the word of God. And since it does, then hold fast to it. Don't treat it with a lack of respect. Wouldn't you agree that Days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding is a good thing. And if you believe it is, then hold fast to it, praise God. No matter what is going on in your life right now, maybe it may look as though that's the furthest thing that would ever happen in your life right now based on your present circumstances. But that's what faith is all about. Amen. Dare to believe that what God is decreeing to you he will bring it to pass. But you have a part to play. Your part is holding fast to it. Yes. Holding fast to it. Don't let go of it. Can you say amen? amen? Begin by saying this. Lord, I receive the prophetic word. Lord, I, the prophetic 
Say it again. Lord, I receive receive the prophetic word. The The Old Testament shows that many times the children of Israel received prophetic words, but they did not hold fast to them. And as a result, they didn't come to pass. Now, it wasn't God's fault. It was their fault. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 clarifies this. The word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So notice, they heard a lot of prophetic words. And the writer of the book of Hebrews, which I believe was the apostle Paul, he says that even though they had these things preached to them, they did not receive them and they did not mix faith with them. And as a result of it, it didn't profit them. Now, those, on the other hand, that receive it and mix faith with it, hold fast to it, praise God, it will profit them. It will come to pass in their lives. Can you say amen? Those words will become their world. The New New International Version says, it was of no value to them. You know, some people, it's amazing. They can hear the prophetic word, and it's no value to them. You know, I I heard, I guess maybe the first prophetic word I received when I came to the Lord in 1969 was Brother Copeland saying that God had spoken to him in prayer that day and and had me to stand up. And he said, Jerry, God told me that you and I will be a team and we'll spend the rest of our lives together preaching the word of God around the world. And it'd be your responsibility to believe God for the perfect timing for the team to begin. Amen. Now, God was talking about a future event. He spoke through Brother Copeland prophetically. Now, my responsibility was to receive it and to hold fast to it. Amen. And to believe God for the perfect timing. Amen. And you know, I had some opportunities before that came to pass to go another direction. I was invited to to speak in a, in a church in a youth meeting in Oklahoma City. And uh, while I was there, we had just a phenomenal meeting with the youth. And, and I'm taking them out and teaching them soul winning. And, and we, won, we won 85 young people to the Lord, teenagers to the Lord, in less than four days. And brought them back to the youth department in that, in that church. That youth department had about oh, 20 people. And before... That week was over. We had 85 people in that youth department. And, and, and the pastor, he was begging me to stay and be the youth director. And I said, well, I'll have to pray about that. I don't know if that's what God wants me to do. Now, I'm, 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 I got off in my thinking this prophetic word with Brother Copeland that we would be a team someday. And I didn't have any idea when that was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Not only that, uh, I could use a job. (laughs) You know, the invitations were not coming uh, uh, in an abundance. Well, I'll take it back. They were coming, but they weren't paying. (laughs) Come on. on. (laughs) I I was being invited to all these home Bible studies. You know, you remember those days where they'd, They'd clear out the furniture and they'd put all the chairs in a circle and they'd invite somebody to come speak and you'd, you'd do a Bible study. And praise God, they loved it. But the offerings were terrible. Most of the time, they were none. But I'd go. I'd go in obedience to the Lord. I was, I was thrilled that somebody wanted to hear anything I had to say. You know, but the offerings and out in the streets, ministering to drug addicts, alcoholics, prostitutes, the offerings were even worse. And then going to the jails and preaching to inmates, going to the prisons and preaching to inmates, the offerings got even worse. So now somebody's offering me a job as a youth director with pay. It sounded good. But I had this prophecy. What, what, if, what if I say, yes, pastor, uh, I'll move to Oklahoma City and I'll be your youth director. And Brother Copeland calls the next day and says, are you ready to move to Fort Worth? 
Well, I'd already made a commitment. Amen. So I, I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm believing for that prophetic word to come to pass. I came home from Oklahoma City, and Carolyn told me, Brother Copeland called while you were gone. And he wants you to meet him in, in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. We jumped in the car, and we drove to Jacksonville Beach, Florida. And it was there, this is how quickly it happened, that Brother Copeland said, have you been praying about the perfect timing for this team to begin? I said, yes, sir, I have. He said, well, when are you coming to Fort Worth? And out of my heart, out of my mouth, I heard, him say, I heard me say, I'll be there just as soon as this meeting is over. And we moved to Fort Worth just as soon as we got back home. Now, if I'd have made that commitment to be that youth director, amen, I'd have missed out on God's timing. And that prophetic word has become my world. I've been preaching with him 48 of my 49 years. And we're still a team after all these years, praise God. Amen. So that prophetic word became my world. How many of you want days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding to become your world? Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. So once again, the, the, the book of Hebrews says uh, that, that word that God preached to them was of no value to them. Does this have any value to you? Amen. I believe it does. Praise God. The message translation says they didn't do a bit. It, it, no, it didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive it with faith. It didn't do them a bit of good. Even though God was foretelling what he wanted them to experience in their lives, it didn't do a bit of good because they didn't mix faith with it. So you can sit in a church where the prophetic word is going forth every week. But is it doing you any good? It won't do any good if you don't mix faith with it. And the first thing you do in mixing faith with it is just simply say out loud, I receive it. I receive it. And the moment you say that, get ready for the fight of your life. Amen. Get ready for the fight of your life. You don't think the devil's going to roll over and play dead just because you said, I receive it. He's going to fight you tooth and nail. Try to get you to become discouraged. Try to get you to uh, give up on it. Try to get you to say, well, you know, it never comes to pass in my life. Shut up. Don't talk like that. Hallelujah. Just receive it. And be willing to hold fast to it. And then get ready to fight the good fight of faith. And if you do that, then thank God no devil in hell can keep it from coming to pass. Can you say amen? You remember when Gabriel came to Mary and gave her a prophetic word. And said that she would conceive and, and bear a child. And she would call him Jesus. And the Bible says in Luke 138, she said, be it unto me according to thy word. Say that with me. Be it unto me according to your word. And that's what caused her to conceive. The word became the seed that caused her to conceive. You ought to be walking around pregnant with flourishing, pregnant with abounding. Pregnant with days of glory. Hallelujah. Just walk around patting your tummy and saying, uh, and somebody says, what are you doing? I said, uh, I'm, I'm pregnant. Hallelujah. I'm pregnant with days of glory. I'm pregnant with days of flourishing. I'm pregnant with days of abounding. Praise God. What God said is coming, becoming my world. Hallelujah. I remember when Carolyn was expecting Jerry Ann and I got called up for active duty. And uh, the last thing I saw when I got on that airplane to fly to Fort Dix, New Jersey, I looked out the window and I saw Carolyn standing there like this. She was about ready to give birth to our first child. 
That's the last thing I saw when that airplane pulled off was my pregnant wife. And she gave birth to Jerry Ann while I was in basic training. Jerry Ann was three and a, a little over three months old before I ever saw her. Oh, and did my, grand, my, my, my father-in-law love that. Oh, every time he'd walk in the room, she'd smile real big. The first time I walked in to see her, she started crying. Oh, and he really played that up, you know. He said, who are you? You know. But nevertheless, we had a child. Amen. She conceived. Gave birth. You see, you got to conceive the word in your heart. The word is incorruptible seed, the Bible says. Amen. Don't just take it as just words in a book like any other book. This is the incorruptible word of God. And when you receive it, then you have God's backing that he will bring it to pass no matter how long it takes, no matter what the circumstances are. Can you say amen? Amen. His word will become your world. Now, she said, be it unto me according to your word. The message translation says, yes, I see it all now. Let it be just as you say. Have you seen it yet? Have you seen yourself flourishing? Have you seen yourself experiencing days of glory? See, you've got to see that before it ever happens. You know, back there, and I'm, I'm recalling these things because I didn't realize how important they were at that time of what I was doing. I'd just, I'd just been led by the Spirit of God. And most of the time, I didn't even realize I was being led by the Spirit of God because I'm brand new in this. And I got up one morning and I went into that guest bedroom of ours where I would pray and study and spend eight hours a day in the Word of God. I did that for three months. And uh, after I'd shut my business down. And I got up one morning and the Lord said, do you believe that I have called you to the ministry? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, then start interceding now for all the people you will eventually preach to. And I, I got down on my face on the floor there. And I began to pray in the spirit for all the people that I would eventually be praying, preaching to. And many times I could see congregations in the spirit. Sometimes I could see nations that I would travel to in the Spirit. And I'd pray for them. Sometimes I'd pray for hours. And then I'd get up, go about my business. It didn't come to pass in a day. didn't come to pass in a week. didn't come to pass in six months. didn't come to pass in a year. But every day I'd go in there and start interceding for all the people that I would eventually preach to. Hallelujah. You see... I was taking the word that he had given me. I was seeing it. Just like Mary said, I can see it now. Let it be just as you say. Even though I'm not getting an invitation from a church. No pastor has called me to come and speak at this point. But I'm seeing myself doing it before it ever became reality. And sometimes while I was in intercession... And Carolyn can vouch for this. Sometimes I'd be in intercession and God would give me names of people that I would minister to. I remember one time uh, I was interceding uh, this way about praying for people that I would eventually preach to. And I heard a name. Charles Rogers. That name just came up in my spirit. And I thought at first it was a distraction as the devil trying to get me to uh, stop praying, you know, distract me. But I'd made a decision that if something like that would happen, then I was going to pray for it anyway, or pray for that person anyway. And eventually, me or the devil is going to stop. 
interfering with my prayer. And so I heard that name, Charles Rogers. So I, I didn't know a Charles Rogers. Never heard of a Charles Rogers. So I just began to intercede for this Charles Rogers. And man, as I began to intercede, I, I sensed that it was directed by the Holy Spirit. And then sometime later, that church that I mentioned earlier in Oklahoma City, they called and asked me to do this youth meeting. And I got up there and the first night preaching to the youth, the next morning, the pastor said, uh, would you like to go for breakfast? I said, yes, sir. Be happy to. So we went to breakfast and a woman came in the restaurant and she saw Brother Joe, the pastor's name was Joe, and she said, Pastor Joe, my father is in the hospital, the Baptist hospital there in Oklahoma City, and he's dying of cancer. Would you and Brother Jerry consider going up there and lay hands on him and pray for him? And Pastor Joe looked at me and said, would you be willing to go with me? I said, yes, sir, I'll go with you. And he said, no, uh, he knew the lady, but he didn't know her father. He said, no, what is your father's name? And she said, Charles Rogers. I jumped. I said, Brother Joe, I've interceded for that man. I've been praying for that man for weeks. Let's go. We jumped in the car. We went to that Baptist hospital. And when I walked in there, the man's totally unconscious. They'd given up on him. He's dying. And, and, and I didn't even wait for an invitation. I didn't wait for, a, uh, 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 I didn't even wait for, you know, someone to introduce me. I just walked straight over, laid my hands on his chest. I said, Charles Rogers, God put you on my heart weeks ago. I've been interceding for you and God's going to raise you up. He raised straight up by the bed and said, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Hallelujah. And his, his daughter walked him out of that hospital. Praise God. What happened? The word became his world. Hallelujah. Can you give the Lord a shout? Praise God. I don't take the prophetic word lightly. I don't take the impulses, the impressions of the Holy Spirit lightly. Hallelujah. Yes, I can see it. Let it be just as you say. This is how you should be responding to the prophetic word. And then be expectant that God will bring it to pass. It won't come to pass automatically. You've heard me say that many times in the past. It won't come to pass automatically. Even though God is revealing what he wants to take place in your life, it won't come to pass automatically. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a part to play. Now, Jesus often used these words when he was teaching people. Hearken. Take heed. You remember that? Throughout the Gospels, when Jesus is teaching, often he would use the words, hearken. Take heed. That means or implies, give special attention to what you're hearing. Be willing to hold fast to it and be willing to act upon it until it comes to pass. Take heed. In other words, Pay close attention. Is that the way you do when the prophetic word comes forth or, or, or something that you've heard preached right out of the written word of God? Are you listening attentively with the intent to immediately put that to work in your life? Or is it just going right over your head and you just walk out the same way that you came? If you walk out of church the same way you came in, then you were dreaming of lunch. <laughs> you were trying to beat the Baptist to the cafeteria. <laughs> huh? It means to give special attention. Hold fast to it. Be willing to act upon it until it comes to pass. It also implies that you are to be firm in your stand for it and to be diligently or being willing to diligently fight for it. 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul says to Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. You know, it'd be wonderful if the prophetic word came forth and all we had to do is just say, oh, isn't that great? 
Oh, God wants me to prosper. He wants me to have days of glory. Isn't that wonderful? No, he said there's a fight. A fight to be fought. The message translation says, keep a firm grip on your faith. After all, this is a fight we are in. Keep a firm grip on your faith. After all, it's a fight we're in. So this implies there will be opposition from the devil. He'll attempt to do everything he can to keep the prophetic word from coming to pass. And you're going to have to fight for it. Therefore, your attitude must be, I will never give up. Look at your neighbor and say, I will never give up. Tell somebody else, I'll never give up. Let me give you a few little facts here. Did you know that it was at least 15 years between David's prophetic word from Samuel regarding becoming Israel's king and it actually coming to pass? 15 years. (laughs) Did you know that it was about 13 years between the time that God gave Joseph that prophetic dream about him being promoted and it actually coming to pass when he became prime minister of Egypt? 13 years. God's telling us about something that he wants beginning this year. Now, how willing are you to stick it out? They were willing to wait 15 years. They were willing to wait 13 years. Can you not wait, stick it out for something God is wanting to happen to you this year? Now, if God had said, in the year, you know, 2025, you will have days of glory, days of flourishing. Well, I can understand people would kind of weaken in their faith and get a little tired of standing. But no, God is talking about this year. This year. Look at your neighbor and say, I think I can stick it out for a year. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible, speaking of God's promise to Abraham, says this in Hebrews 6, 13 through 15. And I'm reading from the message translation. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that God had promised him. Abraham stuck it out. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what you need to do. Stick it out. Now, I realize that today a lot of people want a simple gospel. They want an easy gospel. They want a gospel where you don't have to do anything. They want a gospel where you don't have to discipline yourself. They want a gospel that if it doesn't come to pass by dark, I'm not playing anymore. Amen. Notice in the Bible, all these stories of God speaking prophetically over someone and, and how long they were willing to wait. For it to come to pass. Caleb waited how long for his mountain? The children of Israel wandered through a desert. How long before they got to the promised land? 40 years. I saw some of you just beginning to faint. 40 years they were willing to wait. And we can't wait for a year. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5.3. For a dream cometh through a multitude of business. The Amplified says, much effort. Dreams don't come to pass on their own. Prophetic words don't come to pass on their own. It's with much effort. Once again, it's not automatic. And always remember this, God's more eager to see it come to pass in your life than you are. Not only that, but he will work with you and not against you. Can you say amen? Amen. And finally, stay in his presence as much as possible. This is where you find strength, joy, peace, and encouragement from the Holy Spirit. That enables you to stick it out. Hallelujah. You're not in the presence of God while you're waiting for the prophetic word to come to pass. Then then it's going to be more difficult for you to... Stick it out. Stay in his presence. Amen. Now, go with me to the book of Genesis for a moment. Genesis chapter 18. 
Look at verse 9. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? Speaking to Abraham. Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now notice it's very clear. The prophetic word was to Abraham and to his wife, Sarah. Sarah will have a son. Sarah will have a son. Of course, God didn't know this was impossible. (laughs) Amen. He forgot to check. Don't you know he thought after he learned it was impossible? Well, I'm not going to shoot my mouth off anymore. (laughs) Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. Look at verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying... After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being also old? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child when I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? You got to keep that in the forefront of your thinking. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'm sure that there are many of you in here today that in the natural, you experiencing days of flourishing and days of abounding looks impossible based on your present circumstances. But is anything too hard for the Lord? That's what you got to keep in the forefront of your thinking. Is this too hard for God? If it's too hard for God, then he don't get to be God anymore. Amen. Because nothing is impossible to him. So you ask yourself, no matter how impossible it looks for you to experience flourishing and abounding, is it too hard for the Lord? Now, don't ask him how you're going to do it. That is not your place. That is not your responsibility. You ask yourself, is it too hard for the Lord? And then answer it out loud. No, it's not too hard for the Lord. Then go for it, praise God. Stick with it. Amen. So notice here he said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, you go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Go over there with me, please. Hebrews chapter 11. We're talking about making the prophetic word your world. Hebrews chapter 11, and look at verse 11. Through faith, also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because everybody say because Because. she judged him faithful who had promised she judged him faithful who had promised even though her circumstances indicated it was impossible for this to ever come to pass now she struggled with it she struggled with it for quite a while in fact she finally decided one day this is not possible I am too old. My womb is dead. I really do believe God wants to give Abraham a child, but it's not through me. So on her own, she conceived this plan that her handmaiden, Hagar, could conceive. And she told Abraham, her husband, go be with Hagar and she will bear that son that God promised. And he thought that was a wonderful idea. (laughs) So he did, and Hagar did, and they had a child. 
Ishmael. And if you study your Bible closely, when Ishmael was born, God didn't speak to Abraham again for 13 years. Because he compromised. He, he made things happen himself. He, he caused it to, to come to pass in his own might because he no longer thought God could do it. Sarah no longer thought God could make it happen. That's the reason I wanted you to see very clearly that God said, Sarah shall have a child. He wasn't talking about Hagar. Sarah shall have a child. Now that was prophetic, was it not? It was impossible in the natural, was it not? Days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding may be just as impossible looking to you as having a child was to Sarah. But notice the change that took place. Through faith, she judged him faithful who had promised. She decided, there's nothing else I can do to make this happen. I blew it by telling my husband that he would have that son through Hagar. So I am now deciding that I am going to trust God because I have judged him faithful. Because everything else he told them came to pass. Amen. After a while, when everything he's told you has come to pass, you finally come to this conclusion. He's faithful. Amen. Wow. The light comes on. Whoa. God is faithful. That may be the greatest revelation you ever get. God is faithful. Say it with me. God is faithful. Any of you, you know, I'm 71 years old. When, when I was born in Mississippi, uh, my grandpa's lighting system was with a string. You know, we pulled the light with a string. That's how the light came on. And, and, and Grandpa, he was, he was, we used to say, tight. Because <laughs> he went through the depression. And, uh, and, and, and he was concerned that we might have another depression. And so he never put his money in a bank. He buried it on the farm. Uh, he never spent anything hardly. I mean, he, it, it's like what they, what they say, twisting a, a turnip. You know, getting blood out of a turnip. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, that's like where my grandpa was. And, and uh, he didn't have air conditioning, didn't get, didn't have indoor plumbing until 1957. Uh, didn't have an air conditioning. And it gets hot and humid in Mississippi. We'd moved to Louisiana. And when my dad would take us back over there, dad would just sweat like a mule sitting in grandpa's house. <laughs> And he finally went down and bought him a window unit and put it, and Grandpa had a shotgun house. You could stand at the front door and look all the way back to the backyard and just had some rooms on the side, you know. And the living room, uh, Dad bought him a window unit air conditioning put in there. Turned it on, and Dad went somewhere, and when he come back, it was off. The place was hot. He said, Dad, why'd you turn the air conditioning off? He said, that costs money. He said, I'll pay for it while I'm here. <laughs> and, and sometimes I'd be in the bathroom and, and the light would go out. Grandpa would come in there and turn the light. I said, Grandpa, I'm not done yet. Burning up too much electricity, boy. Get on out of there. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to meditate, you know. <laughs> That's too much information, okay? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, was, he was tight, you know. I loved him. He was a great grandfather. I loved him. But boy, he was tight where money came, where it came to money. And uh, I, I, the reason I brought that story up is because I remember that old string light. So I want you to reach up, pull your string, and say, wow, God is faithful. Come on, pull it again and say it this way. Wow, God is faithful. See, the light just came on. The light, the entrance of God's word giveth light. Amen. Amen. 
God is faithful. That's what changed Sarah's circumstances. Amen. Now, listen to this from the Amplified Version. Because she considered God who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. That made the difference. When she came to that place where she was convinced that God is faithful, then the word became her world. Can you say amen? Is this how you approach God's promises? God first began, listen to this. God first began making promise to Abraham when he was 75 years old. When Abraham reached 99 years old, the promise of an heir, a son, had still not come to pass. But at 100, Abraham and Sarah gave birth to Isaac. That's a total of 25 years that they were willing to wait for that prophetic word to become their world. And we can't wait a year. Think of this. Simeon, the priest in the temple who waited to see the prophetic word about the Messiah that God had spoken to him about. He waited a lifetime to see that come to pass. And Luke chapter 2 verse 29 and 31 says, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Once Simeon saw the birth of Jesus and he recognized this was the prophetic word that God had given him. He said, Lord, I can go home now. I've seen your word come to pass. He said, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. See, God wants your eyes to see days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. He said, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. So what was Simeon saying? The prophetic word has become my world. Is this what you desire? Is this what you want? Is this what your testimony should be? That I have seen with my eyes the word that God gave us become my world. If it is, then go ahead and give the Lord your best shout. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Stand to your feet, if you will, please. Hallelujah.